Hello everybody and welcome back to Witch Fix. My name is Sarah and we're getting into a film today called Curse of the Witch's Doll. It's been a while since I reviewed a film, uh, mainly because it takes a lot of like time and effort to sit down for like an hour to two hours to watch something which most of the time isn't very good and that I don't enjoy. So uh, I've been forcing myself to get through my stack of DVDs lately. So we're going to see a few more film reviews. Curse of the Witch's Doll is a film that came up a lot when I was googling stuff about Curse of the Witch because that's how algorithms work. And this is a film that came out in 2018. It's a lot newer than Curse of the Witch. And it was quite expensive on uh, eBay and Amazon at the time that I was looking at Curse of the Witch a number of months ago. But I recently found a copy for £3 on eBay. And you know I can't turn down anything that's £3 and under on eBay. So here we are. The blurb for the film is that after a series of inexplicable events, Adeline Grey believes a haunted doll possesses the soul of a vengeful witch. To have any hope of being reunited with her missing daughter, she knows she must defeat the evil curse of the witch's doll. That's basically all I went into the film knowing, and obviously having seen the cover, it's a child holding a doll, and the doll is holding a knife. So... I was expecting something maybe a little bit child's play -y. The front cover of the DVD box actually says that it's like the bastard child of Chucky and Annabelle, which is the Evil Dolphin Conjuring series. So I was kind of excited because I do really like the child's play movies and I do really like the Annabelle movies, albeit for separate reasons. I picked this one up off the top of the pile and decided to give it a go yesterday. And oh boy, was it a surprise. Um, for starters, the child on the cover of the movie box is not a child that's in the film. The doll on the cover of the movie box is not the doll that's in the film. The doll never actually stabs anyone with a knife or holds a knife either. So the cover has basically nothing to do with the film, except it has a doll on it that isn't the doll from the movie. And the doll on the cover of the box is actually quite a spooky looking china doll with like a cracked eye socket and it's all very like creepy and weird. The doll in the movie is not that scary. It has giant nutcracker gnashes and big googly eyes and a lot of black hair. So kind of like if Jeff Dunham made the girl from the ring but as a puppet. Now I'd already seen the trailer for the movie so... The doll thing wasn't that much of a surprise because the doll that's actually in the movie is featured in the trailer. But it was still quite jarring to me to actually see the cover art on the disc and be like, wait a minute, this doll is much scarier. Why didn't you use this one in the movie? Anywho, we'll get into the plot. So the plot on the box is described as being about a missing child. But there's quite a lot of other elements going on in the story as well. The movie actually seems to have like three plots going on that it feels like could have been three separate films but they chose to put them all in one film and I'm going to give warnings here for mental illness and abuse by a medical professional and we'll see what that's about going into the plot. So the first like scene in the movie is uh, what appears to be a gang of Puritans getting this woman who like lays her hands on the doll before they get into her house and says uh, she will never forgive and she will never forget and she asked the doll to live on to like wreak her vengeance and then the Puritans take her away so I was quite interested in that I was like oh, okay so the vengeful witch is someone who was like burned or hanged for being a witch um, that's quite interesting you can get a lot of stuff out of that and I hope that we see some of that throughout the film uh, this plot line is literally never mentioned again uh, we never encounter anything to do with the witch trials or this particular witch being killed so you might as well have just not included that scene in the movie. 
The next scene introduces us to the actual main characters of the movie, or should I say, the people who will be the main characters for some, but not all, of the movie, as we will see later. We get introduced to Adeline, who is the mother. She's dressed in, like, World War II clothing. She's got, like, victory rolls in her hair and that kind of, like, long, straight coat. Uh, and Chloe, her daughter, who is literally the world's most annoying child. I'd say she was a bad actor, but really she just acts like an annoying child and... I live in an area with a lot of families in it, so I know what those sound like. So she's quite good at acting, I would say, the child, in that she carries across that annoying vibe quite well. No one else in the film is that good at acting, but they're not that bad either. So you can tell that they're acting, but they managed to get everything across in a non-ridiculous way, which I appreciated. So the acting gets like a solid five stars out of ten. We are told that they are fleeing London because their street has recently been bombed, reinforcing the idea that this is like... A World War II era movie and they meet this old guy called Arthur who is lending them his house basically that he doesn't live in but hasn't been able to sell he says he doesn't really want to sell it which seemed weird to me but he's like lending them the house to live in and as soon as she gets in the house the mum starts like freaking out and being like oh this is terrible this is too big we can't stay here because it is a legit manor house and he says it's all she could afford, which struck me as odd until he said that it was basically free and he was giving it to her out of charity. Like, he won't accept any rent money from her. This put me in mind of, like, The Woman in Black 2, uh, when a bunch of kids get evacuated to the house where The Woman in Black is. So I was kind of expecting those vibes from then on. Um, and that is sort of what the story reminded me of the most. Uh, I was actually watching this film with my brother on sufferance because he just happened to be in the room and at this point he got a nosebleed which is sort of the curse of the curse of the witch's doll um not related to the movie but it was probably the scariest thing that happened in that two hour period so just letting you know what you're in for now the mum is introduced to a door on the landing that can't be opened because the guy doesn't have the key um that's just a mystery that's set up she and the daughter then go and sleep in like separate rooms which are weirdly pinkly lit and then she goes to like tuck her daughter in and says like, oh, daddy will be home from the war soon. And then the child quite cold heartedly just starts yelling at her mom about how their dad is like her dad is dead and he's never coming back. And her mom needs to get over it already, which was weird and kind of came out of nowhere and reinforced the idea that this child was just a bit of a bellend. Then we get a series of kind of pedestrian scares there's weird noises in the night and the mum goes to investigate and then something black whips in front of the camera like someone running past and all of that jazz which wasn't particularly scary the next day the mum has like a talk with the old man which is a really forgettable talk about loss and how loss defines us and how we deal with loss and all that stuff turns out he's a widower so that's spooky i guess if you're afraid of awkward conversations the mum then goes to wake bitcherella the demon child up but it's like the middle of the day and the child is like sitting at a table drawing. But her mum comes in and is like, it's time to get up. She finds her with the doll, like sitting in a chair opposite the daughter. And the daughter seems kind of spooked by the doll. And she expresses surprise that she hasn't seen this doll before. Or I guess presumably bought it because it's not like this girl's going to go out and buy her own toys at this age. But maybe she thinks it's one that's she's found in the house somehow. Uh, and she asks like the name of the doll as you would if you were like just talking to a child. And the girl says, I can't tell you. But then the mum just goes, who told you that? Did she tell you? And like points at the doll. And it feels like she's leapt the idea that this is a haunted doll very quickly. I mean, obviously she can see it and it looks creepy as fuck. But she's also, you know, a normal person. You're not meant to jump to the idea of like, it's a haunted doll, run. 
straight away. She then just insists that the doll is not alive, which is weird because the girl never like claimed that it was or even really said anything to hint that she thought the doll was alive. But then the mum turns around and the doll is gone from the chair and she kind of half-heartedly like looks around the room for 10 seconds and then just seems to forget about this weird occurrence and leaves. That night, um, and a lot of this is like happening quite quickly, there's like days and nights and nothing really in fact interesting is happening. Uh, so you just feel like you're kind of caught up in a cycle of very similar days. But the mum goes and gets in bed with her daughter, which is weird because like the daughter hasn't asked her to get in bed with her, which would be like a normal parent-child thing like the mum just like is a bit freaked out so she goes and gets in bed with her daughter but then there's a scare where the doll is in bed with her instead of her daughter and it jumps up and it's got like a big grey cgi eyes and it's really really shit but thankfully that is explained as being a dream but then very sensibly the next morning the mum's like this house is haunted as fuck let's leave and uh, goes to talk to the old man and he's like, well, you can't afford to stay anywhere else and it would be dangerous to just trek around the countryside with your daughter just looking for a place to live, which makes sense on one level, but also on the other level, she definitely saw that the doll moved by itself, so she should probably trust the evidence of her own eyes, but whatever, it keeps her in the house and then her and the daughter go off to play hide and seek in the woods because... I guess they don't know they're in a horror film and this old man telling her that everything's fine is enough to make her believe that it is. The daughter then continues to be a dick because she sneaks up behind her mum during the game of hide and seek and just shoves her to the ground and the mum doesn't instantly get up, rip up a tree branch and just beat her to death with it because she finds this amusing somehow that she's just been shoved to the ground. But then the daughter goes and hides again and then starts screaming for her mum. The mum can't find her but she does find a shoe. A bald policeman then turns up to be like, oh, your daughter's gone missing. Don't worry, we've got five men out there searching the mega woods, but they're not going to search into the night because budget cuts, I guess. And then he kind of seems like he's blaming the mum for the daughter going missing and not believing anything that she's saying. So then we get like a like half a minute long cut of just the mum with a creepy lantern in the woods calling her daughter's name and nothing happens there's no scares or anything and then it just cuts to her going to bed so there was no point in that she gets into her bed in her clothes so we know that she cares that her daughter is missing and then she hears like a spooky male-ish voice telling her that the witch has her daughter and at this point i was just thinking well wait 24 hours she's kind of annoying the witch will just bring her back then there's kind of a confusing conversation because the old man says he's going to keep looking but then he also says that he told the police to give up searching which, like, on the one hand, great, he's going to keep looking for her daughter. On the other hand, he told the police to give up, which isn't great. The mum then sees Chloe up at the window of the house while she's outside, and when she goes upstairs, she finds some spooky letters, which look like spooky letters you would buy in a packet to put in your house at Halloween. But there's a bunch of old scribbles about a witch with a vengeful soul who possesses the doll, and they're all, like, written by someone called Mary. And he says that Mary has a history of delusions and that she was a grieving widow that he allowed to stay in his house for free before her. And then she went crazy and had to be sent to an asylum. At this point, the mum then tries to convince him to like keep looking for her daughter because she's like, don't you have a child? And he says that he has a son. But then she instantly assumes that the son is missing and is like, wouldn't you do anything to speak to him again? But he never said that he was missing. 
as far as we know, he's like 25 and in the army. At this point, the old dude just puts a hat on like he's at the end of Casablanca and just fucks off. So he's out of the plot for a bit. We then get like a kind of chain of very similar scenes of the mum going into rooms and being scared by various noises and stuff. No real scares that were very effective. It was all quite boring. There's a point where she's trying to write a letter to her husband at the war to like tell her that what's happened to Chloe. This is interrupted when she hears like laughter she goes to investigate she finds chloe with her back to her holding the doll and when chloe turns around her face is all burnt don't know what that's about the mum then runs off to a different room where other scares are being set up because a witch actually turns up for the first time in the movie the witch kind of looks like an old tree cosplaying as the hag version of the evil queen from snow white and she sounds French. She says various things about how the mum isn't ready to learn the truth, how she isn't ready to get her little girl back. The mum then passes out. And then the old man comes back. So at this point, the film is just a really long series of her running into rooms, getting scared, and the old man leaving and coming back. He lets her read all of Mary's letters and finds out that Mary was convinced that a witch took her husband and her daughter from her. And then from this, um, we find out that Mary actually had like multiple personalities, which is a staple of the horror genre, and that one of those was the witch. So she blamed like one of her alter personalities for killing or otherwise getting rid of her husband and daughter. So at this point, the movie has had two plots. The movie has had the plot of this doll is possessed by a witch who was executed for being a witch, and also this idea that Mary, a previous inhabitant of the house, had an alternate personality that was like a non-magical witch because she doesn't have magic powers and that she is somehow to blame for the daughter going missing we are then introduced to a third plot which i guess is maybe a subplot of plot two but we get a flashback to a badly cgi'd house being bombed and we find out that chloe the child died in the house bombing and that her mum adeline is actually mary adeline herself is just like an alter personality of mary that formed to deal with the loss of her child in the bombing of her house at this point the old man reappears but he is wearing a white coat and we find out that adeline is actually a mental patient and has been in an asylum in this old house for two years and that the bald police officer from earlier was another doctor at the facility where she is at this point it's explained that the whole idea of her daughter being missing and her searching for it was something that the doctors were letting her like play out so that she could come to the truth on her own terms and maybe deal with it and that the locked door that was creepily alluded to at the beginning is actually just the door to like the rest of the patients like gen pop of the asylum now at this point i was thinking with better writing and production values this could have been quite a good film there's quite a decent twist in the story it was kind of reminding me of like the others in that kind of creepy sense but it then proceeds to like piss all over itself for the last 45 minutes so i don't want to give it too much credit but at this point i was like this is a fairly decent plot line that someone has definitely thought about for more than 10 seconds and that puts it slightly above quite a lot of the other films that I have reviewed for the podcast, including Curse of the Witch. So this point was probably the point in which I was happiest with the film and, and everything was downhill from there. Because we find out that her doctor, who is the old guy from the beginning, is planning on giving her a lobotomy because she's found out the truth, but then rejects it and goes back into this delusion where her husband and daughter are with her and they're having a picnic. So he says, there's no point in continuing anymore she's fully rejected reality and the only course of action available to them is a lobotomy at this point he is also shown looking at her through 
like a barred asylum door, but that door looks like it was CGI'd in. Like they didn't just make one out of wood and paint it to look like an asylum door or whatever. They've just CGI'd it, which seemed a very odd choice. Uh, the bald doctor then confronts the old guy saying that the old guy has lobotomized a lot of improving patients and he says that it's to keep them quiet because all of them believed in the evil witch's doll. And at this point I was like, oh, OK, so we're trying to link these two very disparate plot lines back together, which I was not a fan of. I would have preferred the witch's doll to be like kind of a red herring thing that was just like a doll because we hadn't really seen it move by itself yet and it could have just been a creepy doll that she was fixated on or that she was hallucinating in its entirety. But no, apparently this is the the route that we've decided to take. At this point, there was like half an hour left on the film, but it did feel like an hour as you were watching it. The bald guy basically stands up to the old guy and is like, I can't let you do this. There's a cover up here. This is bad. And then Baldy gets shanked by the old dude and is obviously dead. The doll then reappears in the corridor and it sort of stands up by itself. But the old guy then approaches it and cunningly puts it in a box, which is obviously, we all know, the natural enemy of the evil doll. It is quite a hefty looking box, I have to say. The police then show up and I was quite surprised because I didn't think that this film could afford a fifth actor at this point. I was like, oh, a new guy. The fourth actor, of course, being the guy playing her husband, who kind of looked like the guy who plays Pennywise, but obviously wasn't because... He has a career. So the evil doctor is apparently terrible at covering up murders and the police are all suspicious. But then he manages to imply that the doctor may have gotten caught in a bombing while he was going to visit his mistress. So I guess what we've learned is the Second World War was a great time to get away with murders. Lo and behold, a sixth actor then turns up called Doris. Well, her character is called Doris and she's crazy, apparently. And she says that the door to her, like, asylum cell was unlocked and she heard a child crying but upon investigation it was the doll and it said that the doctor was gonna die so she tells the doctor this and it's very very creepy apparently at this point the doctor then leaves the room sees the doll on the floor again picks it up and then the doll's head like twists to look at him i guess he picked it up because he wanted his death to come quickly as did i so the movie would be over but then we cut to a screen that just says 75 years later and two more characters are introduced. At this point, I kind of wondered where we were going because they'd lobotomized the original protagonist of the movie. And then apparently the protagonist had been the doctor, but now he was murdered by the doll. And now these new guys had showed up. So there wasn't really a lot of reason to root for them because they hadn't been there the whole time and they weren't really main characters. So there we go. Their names are Emma and Sam. They're there in a sort of YouTubery sense to go around the creepy closed down asylum and then there's some sort of minor attempts at scares where emma says she's seen something through the window that was moving but they go inside and now it appears to be nighttime instead of the daytime which it was when they were outside but there we go at this point the only reasonably well put together scare scene in the film so i'm gonna harp on it for a second sam is on his own in a corridor and a wooden chest that we've seen the doll being put in before opens he looks in it and sees the doll he then closes the chest because he's like oh it's just a doll and then emma comes into the hallway he opens the chest to show her the doll and it isn't there then he shows emma the video from like his gopro to show her that the doll was in the chest and the chest that he has opened slams shut so that is the only decent scare in the movie in my opinion and 
it wasn't really that scary because at that point I was too bored to be afraid. A ball then bounces down the stairs because someone, I guess, shook the big book of horror movie cliches and it fell out. And then Emma goes upstairs, sees the doll, runs downstairs, uh, and then Sam is dead. And then the movie ends, which I was very grateful for. Overall, I went into the film hoping that there would be some backstory to the witch, um, because usually if there's like a vengeful witch character or a vengeful character spirit of some kind, like in The Woman in Black, we do get some of their backstory and they feel a bit more involved in the plot. But again, as with some of the other films that I reviewed, it felt like the witch was very much incidental and that the main plot line was about something completely different and leads me to again wonder if by just putting a witch in your film, you get some sort of governmental grant which leads people to mention a witch and then not utilise her in the plot. Because literally the witch from the first scene is never seen again or mentioned. The cursed doll is pretty ambiguous in why it's attacking these people, what reasons it has to be pissed at them, because they don't seem to be related to the people who killed her, either in their beliefs or like ancestrally. It was kind of disappointing. It had a plot which puts it kind of neck and shoulders above some of the other films that I've looked at but the plot didn't really involve a witch in the way that it was kind of billed to so that's a massive disappointment and so I wouldn't say that there was a huge amount of witch fulfillment in this film at all even in the sense of they don't really use magic or a ritual of any kind to exercise the doll which could have been neat and you don't see the ritual by which the doll is created which again would have been cool so kind of a disappointment and not one that I would recommend especially because it wasn't even bad enough to be funny it was just boring so it didn't even get into that like ludicrous the room territory where you kind of want to keep watching because it's like a hilarious car crash that you want to see continue uh, but yeah it was just good enough to be boring and just bad enough to be boring is my takeaway from it I hope you've enjoyed this episode though and do get in touch with any better films about witches that you'd like me to review and in the meantime you can go back watch some of the other film reviews or stay tuned for the next one that I put up. I'll see you in the next one. Bye!